Welcome to Living Inside Out Today with host Joy Ross. Joy and her guests will help you learn how to think inside out so you can begin experiencing the God-given birthrights of joy, fulfillment, and freedom. Learn micro steps you can take today for macro results. It's time to dissect your everyday way of thinking. Now, here is your host, Joy Ross. Good day, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, depending on where you are in the world, and welcome to Living Inside Out today. I am your host, Joy Ross, and I want to invite you right now to just settle in, relax, and go ahead and grab a pen and paper to jot down some tips that we intend to share throughout the show today. And these will be tips that you can start to apply in your life today to help you on your journey to show up as the best version of you and experience more joy, fulfillment, and freedom. Hey, I also want to welcome our first-time listeners. If you are listening today for the first time, we are so glad that you're here. And let us know if you're listening for the first time and where you are in the world. You can send me an email at livinginsideouttoday at gmail.com. And for all of you who are with us every week and you've listened before, we so appreciate your support and welcome back. You guys know that on this show, we are all about spreading positivity and encouragement and enlightenment, and we're just here to have real conversations about overcoming challenges and experiencing personal transformation from the inside out. And in fact, if you've listened before, you guys know that my personal transformation journey is the main reason that I'm doing this show, because there was a time in my life that I spent many years focusing on what I call checkbox living, right? You guys know what that is. It's that society tends to hold up a checkbox in front of us, a series of steps that, hey, if you follow this path, if you do these things in terms of education, in terms of your career, in terms of your personal personal relationships, and you check all these boxes, that at the end of that will be a happy and fulfilled life. Well, what I found following that blueprint of doing and performing and focusing on external achievements is I found myself standing on a heap of achievements, having checked off many of those boxes in education, in my business, in my personal life. But you know what? I didn't feel that happy feeling. I didn't feel fulfilled. And it left me wondering, hey, what's up with this whole checkbox way of living? Like, where is my rainbow and my pot of gold, right? And so while I'm very grateful for all the things that I've achieved in my life, what I have found, and most importantly, what I've received a deep revelation on, not just from my experience, but from others who I've counseled and mentored too, is this, all of the things that most of us humans desire to achieve on the outside, all of those things that many of us spend a lot of time trying to reach in terms of financial targets or, you know, if I could just find the right person and settle down and have the perfect relationship or move into this neighborhood or that neighborhood, all of those things are completely possible. But everything that we often desire on the inside in terms of joy, fulfillment and happiness 
Well, those things are directly linked to what's happening on the inside of us because there is no amount of money, no amount of money in the bank, no amount of external achievements that can give us true joy and fulfillment on the inside. So I actually share the details of my journey of exactly how I went from being disappointed, disillusioned, addicted, and feeling stuck to taking a series of steps that led to me experiencing true joy, freedom, fulfillment, and purpose, and how the power of love literally transformed me from the inside out. So you guys can learn more about my journey and most importantly, the steps that I took in my books, uh, in the international bestseller, How to Break the Cycles of Temptation, Addiction, and Guilt from the Inside Out. I recommend that book for anybody who's listening right now who might be struggling, whether it's you're struggling with cycles in and out of bad relationships and you don't know how to get unstuck from that, or perhaps you're you're struggling with a secret addiction to something, addiction to food or addiction to gambling or addiction to sex or whatever it is. I think there's something in that book and in the steps that I took that can be helpful for you. And in my other book, The Truth About Trust, the key to thriving in any relationship. Think that book will encourage you if you're listening today and you're struggling in relationships, often finding yourself feeling disappointed or disillusioned, whether it's in business or whether it's in your family relationships or marriage or whatever it is. You can check out both of those books. They're available on Amazon or you can go to my website, joyross, J-O-I-R-O-S-S dot com. Click the products page and there you'll find the books and there are a few free resources that you can download as well. So, hey, before going any further, speaking of books, I want to give a shout out and thank you to everyone who helped my third book that was just released last week hit the international and Amazon bestseller list. I am so grateful for the support and I'm so thrilled that all of the ebook downloads for that book are going directly to charity, specifically to help teens. So the name of the book is Becoming Dynamic and it's a collection of stories from roughly 20 women who've overcome challenges and whose lives have been transformed as a result. And the amazing Lisa Nichols wrote the foreword. So being a part of that anthology was so rewarding for me on so many levels. And again, I'm so proud that all of the proceeds from the ebook downloads are going directly to charity. So I'm gonna be actually doing a series a dynamic women series coming up. So in the near future, so stay tuned for that. Speaking of dynamic women, my guest today, while she wasn't involved in the book, Becoming Dynamic, she is definitely a dynamic woman. And I'm so happy to have her on the show. Um, I've got with me in the studio today, Donnell Wilkins. Donnell has dedicated her life's work toward improving the quality of life for Detroit residents and really residents across the United States through her environmental and social justice work. She's the founder and director of the Green Door Initiative, which is a nonprofit organization promoting environmental justice in Michigan. 
Donnell is sought after as a public speaker, and she's the recipient of many awards. Most recently, she received the Lifetime Achievement Award by the Detroit City Council's Green Task Force. She also serves as Detroit City Council's appointee to the Detroit Brownfield Redevelopment Authority. She's also served in a national capacity on the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency's National Environmental Justice Advisory Council. And if that wasn't enough, she's also served as the governor's uh, appointee to the Michigan Department of Environmental Quality's Environmental Advisory Council. Donnell has played a key role in developing the state of Michigan's environmental justice policy. She also launched the city of Detroit's first ever green jobs training program. And she's just really been an advocate for citizen involvement in public policies and citizen science. So with that, welcome Donnell to the show. So happy to have you. Thank you, Joy. Thank you so much for those kind words. And thank you for even inviting me to share this space with you today. I'm excited and looking forward to our conversation. Absolutely. And so, Donnell, you know how we do things around here. I like to start each show asking every guest to share with us one challenge that perhaps you had to overcome just to show up today or one challenge that you've dealt with over the past week and tell us what that was and how did you overcome it? Well, um, this past week, I've been traveling a lot uh, and I have some more travel to do once I'm uh, finished with this current trip. And so last night was uh, a hurdle I had to overcome. Uh, airplanes, trains, cars, uh, <laughs> everything, with the exception of a boat, uh, trying to get uh, to this current destination on time and in a way that would allow me to get a good night's sleep. So uh, that was challenging because by the time I my head hit the pillow, it was a, around 2 a.m. And, uh, and I wanted to be up and ready to um, actually be at my best this morning in this conversation. So um, in overcoming it, I have to take a moment and say, okay, God, uh, you're going to have to do this conversation through me. And uh and I just thank him for what he's about to do in the, uh, with us today. Oh, I love that. Thank you for sharing that. I was laughing. And those of you who will be watching the video, you could see the expression on my face because the whole planes, trains, uh, automobiles that just brought up so many vivid uh, visuals in my head. But I love what you said about just showing up and basically flowing in the moment and trusting that, hey, Everything that needs to be said will be said. So I'm with you on that. I'm excited about the conversation that we're going to get into. So let's get into it. So, Donnell, tell us, let's start with, for the benefit of people who aren't familiar, you know, with environmental justice work or, or anything like that. Just tell us briefly about the work that you're doing in the world right now, in the city of Detroit um, right now, and the types of people that you're helping. Thank you, Joy. Uh, well, this is my life's work. Environmental justice simply is about justice for people who've been bearing the greatest burden when it comes to uh, exposure to 
pollution, air, air quality issues, safe drinking water, uh, such as the Flint water crises, I know that people may be familiar with, uh, and bringing justice and equity to folks who are disproportionately in burden. And, and um, my role for almost 30 years has been to lift up the voice of uh, those that are impacted to be a voice myself and to help and encourage others to speak out and take um, take their power and make their power work to increase change and that improves the quality of life. I, so lots of work that we do in particular is around informing public policy when it comes to equal protection under the law for environmental protection. And I say that because uh, people who are disproportionately import, uh, impacted happen to be people of color. Uh, that's the number one uh, factor for decisions around poor air quality and other um, uh, issues around contaminated water and that kind of thing. Uh, people who are low income or live in certain zip codes often are surrounded by uh, environmental problems. And those are the people that are often disenfranchised and overly uh, represented in, um, in those kind of conditions. So um, we, uh, we understand that policy and public policy helps to uh, move this these kind of decisions. And so our voices are crucial in uh, improving public policy so that equal protection under the law really can occur. Um, so we do over at the Green Door Initiative, which is our mission is to ensure that everyone is environmentally literate, capable of promoting and living out a sustainable lifestyle, regardless of race, income, or zip code. Uh, and through that, we address economic justice, climate justice. Um, we do that through workforce development. We, we provide training opportunities for people who are uh, underrepresented in the green collar and environmental sector. We provide uh, training and then help to place people in, in, in jobs. So we recruit folks who are grossly underrepresented in the industry, uh, people of color, uh, because Detroit is primarily primarily African American, uh, we recruit a lot of African American uh, folks who are returning to society from formerly being incarcerated. That is one of our missions to bring opportunities for them. I like to say we're creating environmental heroes, providing restoring hope in a people while providing help to the planet is our model for that program. We work with young people. We work to introduce them to the environmental sector uh, and help them think about opportunities for any uh, future academic endeavors and um, occupational or uh, career paths. So we're, we really focus on that. And then we, uh, like I mentioned earlier, work to increase capacity among residents and those that are very interested in removing environmental hazards from their communities. And so uh, I can go on and on when it comes yeah. to who we serve and how we do our work. But uh, yeah, and we like to replicate that work around the country and we serve and work with people 
um, in our own state and across the uh, U.S. to help build capacity of folks like us. Wow. So you guys are doing, you're doing a lot. I'm thinking, wow, you must be exhausted. (laughs) That's a lot of work. Let me ask you, let me ask you this. So when you say green collar and environmental jobs for people who may not know exactly what that means, but maybe they're looking for work right now, right? Or maybe they're looking to change careers. Can you just give like a little snapshot of what some of those jobs, like what are those job titles or if somebody wants to get into that area, what would they even search for? Well, that's a great question. Uh, I like to say that uh, we approached this training through a lens of environmental protection and cleanup, I like to, so I often say we clean up to green up. So in places like Detroit, for example, we place the world on wheels and all things automobile uh, uh, is represented in the city of Detroit's footprint. So there's a legacy of pollution from that industry that exists in our community. So there are hazmat disaster response jobs we train, provide licensing and certification in, small from small cleanups around lead removal and asbestos removal to big ones, cleaning up rivers and um, uh, lakes and whatever that may have experienced some oil spill or some kind of hazardous material spill. So um, that uh, is a hazmat tech, for example, uh, our training, our environmental careers uh, worker training. We also train around renewable energy for people who are interested um, in reducing their energy load. Um, we train people to become energy auditors. Uh, weatherization experts, and they actually go into homes, do assessments in homes, and then um, make recommendations and even provide the um, the, the techniques required to actually reduce um, environmental burdens inside. And then um, we're the whole citizen science piece of this. We've invested in training people on how to install air monitors and sensors around the city. So that's an air technician person who actually gets to install and then help to maintain those devices. And we recently added to our uh, set of options, solar uh, manufacturing and assembly, because we are fortunate enough to start a solar company in Detroit. And we really want to make people available, make those resources available. So solar installers. Awesome. That's a lot. I'm going to repeat back. Um, And by that's a lot, I mean, that's a lot of opportunity, right? So for the listeners, let me recap before we go to our first commercial break, and then we're going to come back and give people more information on how the work that you do um, is beneficial to them in terms of things they can look for in their community career-wise or training-wise. So here's some of the jobs. For those of you who are taking notes that I captured, you can look for asbestos removal. You can look for lead removal jobs. You can look for jobs in environmental cleanup. You can Google search for hazardous materials tech. You can Google search for renewable energy jobs near me or energy audit jobs or energy audit training programs near me, Um, air technicians or solar 
assembly. So those are all, for those of you who are listening, possible jobs that if you're looking for a job or you're looking to switch careers, these are hot jobs right now. So we're going to take a quick break and we're going to pick this back up on the other side and get into some more juicy topics. Don't go anywhere. Stay with us. We'll be right back. out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. If you are wondering why you can't seem to attain that feeling of joy, fulfillment, and freedom in your life, then you need to listen to Living Inside Out today. Your host, Joy Ross, will help guide you away from the outside-in way of thinking you've been taught to live. Joy and her expert guests will dispel myths and expose the beliefs that subconsciously hold us hostage, preventing us from experiencing true joy, fulfillment, abundance, and freedom. Living Inside Out today, Thursdays at 9 a.m. on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Are you ready to move to your next level? Listen for Empowering Women, Transforming Lives with host Rebecca Hall Greider. Each show will focus on a central topic with discussion, guests, and your questions being featured. Our show is perfect for women who feel a call in their heart to step out in a bigger, more powerful way in their life and just need some encouragement, inspiration, and practical steps to support them on their journey. Empowering Women, Transforming Lives can be heard live every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel with a replay of the show Sunday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. Do you dream about success but wonder how to get there? Hillary DeCesar and her guests will reveal how they relaunched into lives they only dreamt about. Their stories will inspire and surprise you and ignite your inner sparks. The Relaunch, Thursdays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We're on Alexa Smart Speakers and Connected Devices. Hey, Alexa, play Being Here Podcasts on Apple Podcasts. Try it now. You are listening to Living Inside Out Today with Joy Ross. Have a question for Joy or her guests? Join us on the show at 888-346-9141. That's 888-346-9141. Now back to the show. Here again is Joy Ross. Hey, welcome back, everybody. So we are here today with Donnell Wilkins, who is the director and founder of Green Door Initiative. And really, her organization is doing a lot of good work in the Detroit and state of Michigan and throughout the nation to bring environmental justice to communities, to bring climate justice to communities and to bring job training to communities. So we had just, Donnell had just shared uh, specifically some possible jobs that are considered green jobs, green collar jobs. Hopefully you guys who are in need of work or looking to switch careers to get into a hot field. Hopefully you captured that. So Donnell, um, before we move on to the next topic, for people who are listening, who might have an inner desire or they might feel like there's a call in their life, like they're hearing about what the wonderful work that your organization is doing and they might be feeling like, hey, 
I feel like I want to get involved in my local community. Um, what advice or words of wisdom would you offer them in terms of just one step that they can take today? Like, is there a national organization that you're aware of that functions at the local level that may, maybe they could Google or what, what would be your advice? What's one simple thing or maybe two simple things that somebody who listen and they're inspired by you and they want to get involved that they can do? Great question. Well, I believe that there are opportunities in every community to get, to enter into this field or whatever it is you're interested in. I would say and suggest that you would Google environmental justice near me. Uh, I think that you'll be surprised if you haven't paid attention to any of this, of some work that's already taking place. I will say that um, organizations are always looking for help. Uh, and it's just not limited to the nonprofit sector also. Um, we, we just entered into a for-profit arrangement with our solar work. So there are opportunities across the spectrum. I will um, encourage you to get involved at your local level, learn about the issues, connect with those that are, are doing some really um, good work and start there. Um, I've always been in the nonprofit sector, and for me, I had those skills that were transferable, but the, I, the ideas around environmental protection, that was far from my consciousness until I got invited to a really important meeting in the early 90s, and my eyes were open. And Wait, I'm going to jump in. I don't Let me jump in right there because I want to go into that. You're, you're answering my next question. So let me just recap. If you are anywhere, particularly in the U.S., but I would imagine this applies globally as well, and you want to become involved in environmental justice or climate justice work, the way that Donnell has described it in terms of what that actually is and what it encompasses, you can start by just doing a simple Google search, environmental justice work near me or climate justice work near me. And as she said, there are opportunities to get involved both from a nonprofit perspective as well as from a for-profit perspective. So I just wanted to make sure, looking out for you guys, the listeners, want to make sure that you captured that. So, okay, Donnell, let's get into where you were going next because I, um, I love that you... We're going in that direction because we're on the same page. So I'm going to ask you about your backstory, right? So before you started Green Door Initiative, before you entered into this space of environmental, social, and economic justice, you were working in a kind of technical field, right, in terms of OSHA, occupational safety and health work, which to me sounds very technical and very scientific. How did you go from doing that work to becoming a community activist? I like to say I was born an advocate. I'm a born advocate and activist. And it was um, it was ignited I, uh, in, in terms of environmental justice. And it made sense when I was invited to an important meeting that took place in Washington, D.C. in the early 90s called the First People of Color Environmental Leadership Summit. The, the, the real deal is that we were underrepresented when it comes to in traditional environmentalism. So this was very unique and different um, because 
for the most part, environmentalism focused on saving the wildlife, you know, trees, planting trees, nothing wrong with those things. But environmental justice was about how do we protect people from environmental problems and harm? And the focus is on people more than um, other creation, if you will. And so because I was doing what you said, that non-traditional technical work around occupational safety and health, uh, and was training workers, especially workers of color, black workers, to be safer on the job, to get involved in health and safety committees, because the likelihood of becoming uh, hurt on the job was very real and prevalent among folks, mainly due to the kinds of jobs people were located in. And personally, my own stepfather, um, died coming from one of the auto companies uh, from work after a third shift. We don't know what happened first, whether it was the car accident or the heart attack, but um, he ultimately um, passed away and left my mom a widow with six children. And that's what ignited me to even be involved in the OSHA work. Like I really believe that the kind of work uh, he was doing in the plant contributed to um, his demise. And so it made sense when I got invited to this uh, other meeting that I uh, I would accept the invitation and that is where my life was changed. Uh, I was pretty young and I decided that I was gonna make environmental justice my life's work, mainly because the light came on with regard to uh, exposures, uh, environmental exposures that were occurring in my communities while I was working in in factories and working with unions and others that um, uh, that were in that space, I didn't realize that most of those factories and facilities were located where, where I lived and people I love lived. And I was like, this is um, who the, the, the labor movement has the back of workers. Well, who has the back of my community uh, if they're living downwind from a power coal-fired power plant or live near a factory or whatever? Again, because Detroit placed the world on wheels, it was uh, considered normal, uh, mm-hmm. especially given redlining and, and um, the disproportionate burdens people um, experience due to residential uh, situations. Anyway. Uh, it was that moment after those four days that it made sense. I'm going to do that. 30 years later, I'm still here. Um, And I've been blessed to be able to start, um, co-found even another nonprofit prior to the Green Door Initiative, where we really wanted to make environmental justice a household phrase. Um, That occurred 15 years later. Things changed for me, and I was able to take on another um, endeavor, and I created the Green Door Initiative, and um, just made a decision, even in that um, process, to really seek out what environmental justice truly felt like if it were uh, something that we achieved. So that's where the workforce development piece comes in. That's where public policy and serving young people come in around that. Uh-huh. Thank you for sharing that. And and I don't know if I had, um, and you and I have known each other for, for some time. I don't know if I knew 
that critical piece about how essentially it was a personal trial. The experience with your stepfather passing away, having worked at a factory and been exposed to a lot of things that could have led to heart, you know, health issues, right? And so I just find that interesting too. And I just want to encourage right now somebody who might be listening and maybe you're in the middle of a personal trial or tragedy um, unexpectedly. And it's in those times sometimes that those very things can be used to become a turning point in your life. So Donnell, I'm hearing in your story that that's really what it was, which is amazing to me. And that trial, you turned that into triumph and then you became energized to become an activist on behalf of the whole city, other factory workers and the whole city and eventually the nation and other communities around the nation, which is really commendable and and very awesome. So thank you for sharing that. I want to, let's shift gears for a little bit. We talk a lot on this show about mindset and um, turning points, which you just sort of alluded to, right? In your own personal story of how you came to be a community activist. I want to know as a female founder and leader of a seven-figure nonprofit organization that's on a mission. You are on a serious mission to rebuild and revitalize Detroit, which is amazing. I want you to share with us what have you learned in terms of navigating your own limiting beliefs or doubts or negative thoughts that we all deal with, right? So what does that look like for you? And, and, and what have you learned? How have you navigated that? Yeah, that's also a great question, Joy. Um, because one, number one, I did not train for the work that I'm doing. Uh, even doing occupational health and safety, I felt guilty that I had not experienced personally what it was like, say, to work in a factory and whatever. So I carried guilt um, and felt like my voice wasn't really genuine or legit because I had not ex- ex- had not experienced it personally, um, just directly. I did have that encounter because of my dad. But um, the other deal was just, I'm actually a college dropout and there have been years of feeling inadequate and not prepared or good enough for the work. But how I overcame it and how I overcome it daily is based on, um, you know, my belief uh, and um, acceptance of Jesus Christ for me. Uh, my my um, spiritual walk has pretty much it started the same time I took on this work full time, to be honest, and could not have been able to navigate uh, through this process without accepting God's real view of who I am and his love for me. It transformed me. And I began to just reject thoughts that come and they come daily. And and I know you know this, thousands of thoughts will come. uh, And if I've stopped to meditate on any of those thoughts, 
it would um, it would derail me. So I just understood that I'm loved. God prepared me in a way for this moment in life and actually um, called me to the work. And because my purpose is all entangled in this work that I do, I can't imagine life without this getting up every day. For me, it's a righteous and good work. I'm done with experiencing deaths of children who cannot breathe because of asthma that's connected to air quality. I'm done with our communities being blamed for in, um, health issues that are connected to environmental exposures and pollution, such as hypertension, such as diabetes, um, those things that um, food deserts and other deals that really not the environmental uh, uh, topics that that speak to and speak volumes to our community's conditions. So bringing the environmental conversation to the table helps to expose um, uh, helps us to even come up with strategies and solutions for the problems that we have been blamed for and victimized for. So how I overcome it is listening for that voice, knowing on the inner parts of me that I'm headed in the right direction, uh, knowing that there's a path for me that in the end provides great rewards. So um, it's a life of sacrifice and dedication. But on top of that, you know, God is blessed, open doors, open windows of opportunities uh, in a way that I cannot even um, describe in terms of the blessings so that we can be a blessing to those, especially, oh. especially those coming up um, and all the unjust ways that many folks end up there. Public policy is crucial. Having our voice uh, contribute to the solutions is vital. And uh, I often say, if I can do it, I'm just a, just a girl from Detroit. Uh, anyone can, anyone. Yeah. And I believe that it is important that we uh, seek what our purpose is, whatever your beliefs are, seek what your purpose is, then try to step into it. I absolutely love that, Donnell, that thorough answer. And I, what I found really interesting about your story, and I'm, Again, always taking notes. I'm going to recap for people who are listening. Here's some main parts of your answer that I jotted down in terms of how you navigate your own limiting thoughts, doubting thoughts, negative thoughts. First of all, you have them, right? And so just for listeners, if you're struggling with that constant inner chatter telling you you're not good enough, you're not worthy enough, Let's all be encouraged by Donnell's story that, as she put it, you know, being a college dropout, feeling inadequate, feeling like I'm not really qualified, and yet moving forward to not only start an organization, but make it a national movement is really encouraging. And some of the things that I jotted down that you said you do in terms of steps when the negative thoughts come, number one, just reject them. Number two, you stress the importance of 
of, for you, it's the belief system that you have and your faith and just really standing on that. And, and three, developing uh a, a deeper understanding of your identity, knowing who you are in your core, knowing that you're loved and the importance of being called to the work, knowing what your purpose is. And those are really the primary things that drive you and keep you moving forward. If you're listening to this and you paused when I said purpose, because you feel like you don't know what your purpose is, you're not alone and it's okay. Stick with we're going to take a quick commercial break. And on the other side of the break, we're going to piss up and move forward into some other topics and give you guys some more tips. So stay tuned. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Ever wanted to know what makes you, you? Why you think and feel the way you do? And more important, what the motivation for your behavior is? And when you know this about yourself, what do you do with all of it anyhow? Learning about your Enneagram type helps answer these questions and so much more. Listen to The Traveling Enneagram with host Nikki Myers for answers to these questions. Thursdays at 12 p.m. on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. You have the power to be stronger, live fearlessly, and enjoy the benefits of a great life. Listen for Fearlessly Authentic with host Jody Harrison Bauer. Jody has proven at an age when many start to slow down that she is just getting started. With two grown daughters, a successful business that she started at 50, a finalist in the Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue, and a two-time world bikini champion, she's ready to take you to the next level in your life. Fearlessly Authentic airs Thursdays at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. On Living Strong, the flip side of adversity, Dr. Veerdra Jackson presents stories and powerful guest experts from business, health, relationships, and faith. Every story has its flip side, and we are here to delve into the story and challenge you to view what has kept you in a singular mindset and turn it into the flip side. When you can effectively do that, you'll experience necessary growth. Tune in live every Thursday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time and 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. You are listening to Living Inside Out Today with Joy Ross. Have a question for Joy or her guests? Join us on the show at 888-346-9141. That's 888-346-9141. Now back to the show. Here again is Joy Ross. And welcome back, everybody, from that 
quick break. So let's pick up where we left off. So Donnell, you were sharing with us some of the steps that you've taken and that you do continue to take on the daily to come your own limiting thoughts, doubting thoughts, negative thoughts, and some of the, the habits that you've cultivated <clears throat> of your own mindset. I want to ask you, um, on a similar note, what words of encouragement or inspiration might you have? I'm thinking about the fact that there might be people listening, whether male or female, who are either in the initial stages of forming a nonprofit um, with a mission to serve their community, or maybe people are listening and they have a dream in their heart, right? They have that sense of, hey, I think I'm being called to be of service to the community and they don't know where to get started. So for people who are at those early stages, looking back from where you are now, what would you say to them in terms of encouraging them? And if there's like maybe some very specific concrete steps you can offer to them in terms of going down the path that you did to get an organization started, how would you speak to them? Well, I can really identify with that deep well of, um, of, of, sort of mission on the inside, that purpose that you can't let go of, lean into it, lean into it is real. It may be the number one factor that confirms this is purpose. This is the thing that you would do if you, if no one gave you money to do it. Actually for first couple years, that's how it happened for me. Uh, I was volunteering and doing a number of things um, um, going to city council meetings and representing uh, communities around a variety of environmental issues. So for me, it was about lean into it, follow through on it. And um, I also remember that it occurred to me as I look back when I made the decision to step into the work full time that um, I was being prepared just for this moment. Like it made sense. I was holding back actually on uh, two real crucial life occurred. Um, one, my husband decided he didn't want to be married anymore. I had two children uh, and he basically decided he wanted to uh, get a divorce. And um, we, we went into this divorce the same year, the same month that or two year, I'm sorry. I got fired for the first time. I was working uh, and had a good job uh, supporting, you know, my, so half of my household um, income left and I was, uh, I was, I had to confront the idea that I had two kids to support. And then my employer um, switched leadership, brought on a new person who decided I was no longer a good fit for the organization. So now I'm a mother. And uh, I just remember as I walked out of that office with a box and my head down in shame, like, what am I going to do? Well, God had a plan for me, to be honest, hmm. uh, because I had started the nonprofit and doing it for free for uh, at least a year, just doing things, uh, building the work, building the brand, if you will. Um, the 
I just out of the blue received a call from someone who wasn't aware that I had gotten fired maybe three or four days later and said that he had an opportunity for an office space for me and connected me with a person who was willing to give this space to the to me because of the work we were doing for free. And for three years, I did not have to pay for rent. I didn't have to pay rent. I had a fully furnished three-room suite, a full-time intern that the university, the local university, paid for. And the two of us are standing in the doorway looking at all the boxes and things and up the t- don't begin to read like who has our number because God had it all provided for me and that's just the mm-hmm. truth anyhow I didn't go through this in a, a, a more traditional way well the one of the phone calls was from a uh, from a um, uh, a philanthropic organization, a foundation, and they had attended a meeting that we had sponsored in the community and said they'd like to, to seed our organization and gave us $50,000. And like, what? So I never looked back in terms of, there were moments that I was afraid I would not be able to meet my needs, my kids' needs, that always came through. Now, like Joy mentioned, now like what you mentioned, Joy, is that now, many years later, uh, seven-digit organization is still growing and building. God is good. I'm just going to say that. But I would say, go, don't go, don't do this without checking in with what's on the inside of you. Because I could not rest. And it was like God was like, okay, you're not going to do this on your own. <laughs> uh, I'm going to remove this. What, what you're looking for as your source. Yeah. And that you understand that I'm the source. And so that's what happened for me personally. Now, when we decided to add this uh, new endeavor, the solar company, I never done anything in the for-profit footprint. A little bit more scary, right? Mm-hmm. And even, you know, I've been receiving help from an amazing consultant who basically was like, let's help, you know, set you up so that you could be this woman owned uh, entity and whatever. And I've been dragging my feet on that piece of it because, again, being confronted with um, the fears and whatever. But I'm, you know, stepping into that stream to actually make that um, those opportunities uh, uh, happen for us mm-hmm. through the solar work that we have about to do. Uh, I will say, just follow your heart, connect with organizations that are out there to assist, um, like the Small Business uh, Administration, like other um, women-led organizations, if you happen to be a woman, other organizations that provide resources and support if you are um, uh, a person of color that's looking to start your own um, 501c3 or nonprofit and or your own for-profit. Get the advice. There's safety in a multitude of counselors. Mm -hmm. So get as much advice and it's a lot of free advice out there. Um, Don't give up. Mm -hmm. There will be opportunities for you to stumble for you to, uh, I mean, I after a few weeks into my first endeavor, I actually remember writing, uh, responding to a job announcement. Like, am I? Are, are you crazy? There's no way you can. You've never done this before, where you've been as 
support you had to support yourself solely and and your kids and uh and i did i applied for the job and i didn't even get a courtesy of a yeah we have your resume kind of deal and i felt like the job was written for me like that door was shut I'm here to say to say that I have been signing my own paycheck and others since 1996. Only God, only God, and to advance, uh, provide opportunities to connect me with great resources, great people, great counselors, um, and even when there were times I didn't pay attention to the advice, and I suffered, <laughs> but. Got up, dusted myself off, and said, okay, keep going because you have purpose. You have to make this happen. And others are waiting on you. So don't give up. Yeah. Donnell, that's so powerful what you just said. Thank you for sharing all of that. And I want to just draw a link here between something that you said before the last break and how you responded. There were a couple times, several times, where you kept mentioning knowing what your purpose was and really that being a key driver in terms of your not only personal transformation, but your journey to where you are now. So I just want to encourage people who are listening. If you really feel that there's a voice inside that's urging you to do something, I'm just going to repeat what Donnell said. Listen to that voice. And no matter how scary it looks, no matter how uncertain you feel, if you just keep with it and just take one step at a time, day by day, you too can be standing on the other side of that one day like Donnell is and looking back and saying, wow, I never would have believed that this would happen because here's the thing. If all of this wonderfulness can happen for her and if she can experience now standing firmly running a seven-figure organization, not having a college degree, and you guys heard her story, if that can happen for her, just a woman who had a sense of purpose in her belly and move forward in faith, it can happen for you too. So Donnell, can you believe we're out of time? So I'm going to go ahead and wrap us. Thank you so much for being with me today. <clears throat> you guys, if you want to know more about organization. You can check them out online. It's Green Door Initiative. So you can Google that and find her organization. Thank you guys so much for listening and hanging with me. And let me know what spoke to you. Let me know what inspired you, what encouraged you, what motivated you today. Uh, write to us at livinginsideouttoday at gmail.com. And I'll leave you with this final tip as usual. And you guys know around here, tip is an acronym for transformation is possible. It's possible, you guys. It's possible for you. And it begins with making a choice to live inside out today. Until next week, love and peace. Thanks for listening to Living Inside Out Today with Joy Ross. We hope today's episode has been insightful and helped open the doors in your life to the joy, fulfillment, and freedom you have been seeking. Until we talk again, have a beautiful week.